tuned into the Recovery Innovators Radio Show, your access to today's best addiction recovery ideas, tools, and experts. Listen in and you will learn what is and what isn't working today. We want you, your loved ones, and anyone you know who needs a helping hand to find success in recovery and live the life they deserve. And now, here's your host, James Healy. Hey there, this is James, and welcome to the show. This is episode number 19. I'm here to help you turn your addiction recovery challenges into successes and freedom from everything that's keeping you from living the life you deserve. I check in with innovative addiction recovery experts, and we get to hear directly from them what is working today for addicts in recovery, for their families, their friends, and maybe we can help provide some industry insight for other experts too. Now, in today's episode, the focus is how a family can navigate the addiction and recovery pathway, which can often be a tangled web. Keeping your family healthy, learning how to avoid some of the common mistakes, integrating new healing strategies, and navigating your family's highest vision for your future are all important to recovery success. I'm talking with Jeffrey Jones, and he is working with more than just the addicted individual. He incorporates the entire family in the recovery process. Recognizing the slow process of addiction and how it affects family members is key to finding solutions for recovery. Through family meetings, phone calls, and family intensives like retreats, Jeffrey discusses his three-phase process of recognize, resource, restore as the foundation for a successful healing process. Well, let's get to this great interview. Hey there, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for joining me. I, you know, what you do and your your help with families um, is a huge part of everyone's recovery process, and it's a big challenge for most people. And I get the question all the time from families. You know, how do I help? What do I do? What's my part in this? And it it can be very complex, so I'm glad you're here to help us unravel this process a little bit. Before we get started with your solution, let's talk a little bit about your story. How did you end up on your path of helping people impacted by addiction? And it's often not anyone's first choice, but something they kind of uh, flow into or land on somehow, some way. I saw a lot of conflict in my life. I live in a community situation, saw a lot of conflict, and was very curious about how to work with that. So I got into mediation, and I did a lot of mediation. And um, from some of those mediations, some attorneys would ask me if I was a psychologist. And after, like, the second time, I started to think, wow, maybe I have some skills here that I could build upon with a degree, which is what I did. I, you know, went to school and got a degree um, and focused in couples and family. And so that kind of started me off. And then when I got a degree, it was I had the 
choice of, wow, what do I do with this? And probably like many therapists, I looked at my own family and, you know, then my focus was family systems, addiction, and eventually trauma. Your clients, who do you really serve with this family process? I mean, it could be anywhere from, I guess, I'm imagining spouses to parents or siblings, anyone? Really, ordinary people, anyone in a family who has an addicted loved one, and they are noticing problems. You know, it, it can be anyone in the family who's willing to reach out. And I know, you know, that that's one of the biggest challenges is reaching out. And, and knowing where to reach out. I think families are at a loss a lot of times. Yeah. Kind of what I've seen is they are at a loss and they try to deal with it themselves and do as much as they can themselves and addiction being what addiction is it's a slow gradual process um you know that gets mm -hmm. worse and so there's a there's kind of a slow gradual process that's going on inside of the family members and how they take care of themselves and respond to the situation and try to stay connected as a family. And do you see, I, you know, from my experience, I often see family members having a hard time getting on the same page as to what to do in these situations. Like they're just, so everyone's got a different idea. Right. Yeah. I mean, how, I approach addiction in the family is through a structural lens, which is kind okay. of like the mediation lens. And mm -hmm. um, it is really difficult because when people are in the family and addiction starts to become more chaotic and threatening, roles form in, in the family. And... The roles are just strategies to, you know, deal with w what's happening in in the family and, you know, take care of their own stress level. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, someone it, becomes, becomes the enabler, someone's the one with tough love or whatever it is. Yeah, and I suppose a lot of that is they're dealing with their own emotions revolving around yeah and i really do my best i know there's the these labels out there for different roles in the family and i do my best to not use labels to kind of talk about these roles behaviorally mm -hmm. and um i think that's helpful because the whole labeling thing it's like people gets offensive and I understand that. And so my kind of presenting just general patterns, general roles, talk about behavior, not label to kind of like start mm -hmm. a, a gentle, respectful process to everyone in, in the family and people like they're going to get it. And when they get it, then they can self identify. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure those kind of egoic terms. 
you, someone doesn't want to call themselves, you know, the enabler. Right. It's like, I, I'm an enabler and I'm a construction worker. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't, doesn't really fit. So traditionally, do you see families tending to want to help in these situations or do they shy away from the recovery process because they're so confused by it and kind of scared of it? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I mean, first, how I can respond is that um, the stages of change, which is generally seen the addicted individual is going through stages of change. But you know, I think it's also important to name that family members are in their own stage of change. Mm -hmm. You know, family members a lot of times don't want to reach out for very good reasons because of the shame in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're embarrassed and they don't want to feel embarrassed more and they may feel that they will be embarrassed more if they reach out and but that's not the case with what i'm doing or i try to make it not the case with what i'm doing yeah i you know it's exactly what i've heard from some parents for example their children have addiction issues and they're afraid that if they reach out for help and their friends or community find out about it that it's a reflection on their ability to be a good parent that th that somewhere along the line they failed right and they they don't want to have that out there yeah yeah and i think somewhere in our history families were seen as part of the problem you know right and that has changed or is changing um so i think you know, families are trying to do the best they can. And, um, you know, sometimes doing the best they, they can, they end up repeating old patterns, um, habitual kind of strategies. Um, and, you know, really just kind of being able to step back and, see a larger picture and everyone in, in the family um, taking a look at that and having new insights. Um, when they have a paradigm shift, then they have more or new understanding about choices that they have personally. And when they start making new decisions, changing some behavior of their own, this structure, this kind of structure that revolves around addiction, um, the structure of everyone doing their best, but this kind of um, defensive coping structure created, when people start making change for themselves, this structure starts to break down. And when it does, it's like the family moves more towards, um, well, one, having more um, connection and clarity and relationships and communication and boundaries. Also creating 
like a family system that's less vulnerable to addiction, addictive behaviors now and in, in, in the future, which is like the next generation. So how can we stop this now so it doesn't, you know, go from generation to generation, which was kind of part of my own family story. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people learn those uh, habitual behaviors that you're speaking of from their parents who learned it from their parents. You know, it's just one of these things that are passed on. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's somewhere along the way you've got to break the cycle if that's leading to addictive behaviors. Exactly. I mean, in some ways it can be that simple. And I think Mm -hmm. you said it really well when you were saying like these behaviors that just get passed from one generation to the next generation. And, you know, really, I think a big part of it is learning new skill sets, you know, um, ways to navigate the world, ways to navigate situations, interpersonal. Um, and part of what I do is work with a family over time to stay engaged with their process, because as we all know, change doesn't happen overnight. It isn't like I can flip a light switch. It's right. <laughs> we wish <laughs> I know in my recovery process, I wanted everything changed <laughs> yesterday. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's going to take some time. So tell us a little bit about your business, um, your fam- the Family Recovery Solution, and then um, let's get into specifically how that helps people. I have a small private practice, a home office, and in seeing clients, I got very curious about the family, and I learned intervention and um and then for a number of years was doing continuing care which is a stage after an invitational intervention and i saw that families didn't really have a grasp of where we were going they they didn't have a clear understanding of of that mm-hmm. and consequently are like the continuing care which is ongoing family meeting phone calls. Um, it, the, we would all take a topic and then prioritize the topic and that would be our agenda. And so the topics a lot of times were like what's happening right now with the addicted in the individual. And so a lot of times it was like putting out fires and going around and round. So <laughs> a couple of years ago, I, I, developed another um, track of engagement to complement the family meeting phone calls, which is the um, family intensives or family retreats. And I can do this in person or video conference. And it's like it it can be um, what am I trying to say here? Um, it can be two days back to back in the first phase, or it can be a day here, a day there. It can be three or four mornings. 
uh, out of the first phase, which the first phase is called Recognize, and it's three months. The whole program is a year-long program. Okay. It starts, it's like heavy-weighted in the front, and gradually, you know, um, the family does more and, and more, and we have contact. It's a little more spaced out to where it's gradual because they got into it gradually, just like addiction, and we get out of it gradually. Okay. So you said it's a three-phase process, right? And right. so let's talk about that first phase and exactly what happens in that phase and how it helps helps the families. And is the individual, the addicted individual involved in this whole process too? Great question. Thank you for asking that. So um, depending on the stage of addiction of the addicted individual, it's like I can work with a family with an addicted loved one at any stage. And so it can be Actually, before the problem has gotten dangerous or harmful, mm-hmm. I, I always come in and it's like my client is the whole family, which includes the addicted individual. Okay. And like the early stage, and it's kind of an early stage intervention. It's very easy for me to kind of stay focused on the whole group. The more the addiction goes up, the more I include and invite everybody and the addicted individual and then my focus goes from the whole family to the addicted individual and back but i i really want to stay as expansive my lens and by expansive i mean the whole family as much as i can mm-hmm. The, I, I need to focus on the addicted individual to because a lot of times families don't reach out until it's a really dangerous situation. Sure. So they've tried. They've tried everything they know, <laughs> to, yeah. right? You know, and it's not working. So they're like, now what do we do? They're tearing their hair out. So they're looking around for help. Absolutely. So that first stage, is it okay if I talk about that first stage? Yeah, let's, yes, talk, yeah, let's go into detail into the three different uh, stages or phases, you call them. Yeah. So um, the three stages are recognize, resource, restore. And so it's, you know, recognizing all the different things that are happening in the family where they came from, what can I do about it kind of thing. And what what I see that's unique with this stage is that I I think generally there's this myopic lens to focus just on the addicted individual and not see the larger picture Mm -hmm. of contributing factors where the family can start to have more um, aha moments or paradigm shifts that allow them to have a better understanding, a more fuller understanding of where this came from and what they can do now. Okay. And so it's putting those pieces together and sometimes restoring 
kind of the past mm -hmm. restoring kind of where we are right now and what our choices are and opening up where we go in the future. So the recognize resource restore, it's like the, at the end of recognize the family will probably never look at addiction in the family the same way. All right, we're going to take a quick one-minute break here, and uh, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about our sponsor for today's show, which is the Addictions Academy. The, the Addictions Academy is the nation's leading accredited addiction treatment services and sober coaching, intervention training academy, and... Uh, if you are looking to get into the addiction recovery field, maybe as a sober or recovery coach, or if you're looking to up your game and boost your skills for your current practice, uh, you can get some new training there. They have some amazing faculty and staff with decades of experience, and they have some great comprehensive coursework that's going to really give you those tools and resources that you need to, to really take your, your practice to the next level. So, Give them a call, 800-706-0318, or check them out at theaddictionsacademy.com. Again, that's theaddictionsacademy.com. And now back to our show. They'll be seeing it through new eyes, basically. It's like a new... Right way of, of looking at things is now available. It's hard. You can't go back after you yeah, get to that point. Absolutely. And, and then resource is all about, um, you know, internal and external resources. And obviously, you know, resources may, we bring them in whenever they're needed. And, um, I'm talking about external resources and oftentimes the first one who um, is open to resources is the addicted individual. Um, so whenever they're open to resources, I provide resources. Um, and for family members, if someone um, wants a therapist, I can refer a therapist, ideally get a release of information signed and kind of have teams of professionals around families who want to change. Back end, I can be doing some case management so all the professionals are, are working in the same direction kind of thing. So I'm jumping around a, a little bit, but it, it goes from recognizing the problems to restoring, which is, you know, clarifying relationships, communication, boundaries, how, how people are with one another, and kind of changing the rules of engagement in the family. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it is just figuring out new and better ways to communicate. Right. And so people are starting to get on that same page, which can be a, a challenge for families. Right. It's in some ways it can be just about communication, but it, I, I really don't see it as just about communication because a lot of times people 
you know, we get triggered. We've had this conversation over and over and over. Right. <laughs> and when again, we, we get triggered. And what that means is inside our body, we get an impulse and we have a reaction and we don't catch that reaction in our body. And so we just kind of come out with the habitual reaction. And through this process, specifically in the, in the resource stage, one of the things that I do is provide family members with resources to where they can catch those impulses. And then every family interaction is potentially an opportunity to practice that. And the more they practice, the more resiliency they have to communicate as a family, get on the same page. And with addiction, there's um, oftentimes ups and downs. And when we can communicate better, we can navigate those ups and downs in a much more beneficial and productive way. Yeah, smooth out those those bumps right. a little bit. Yeah. Okay, and then the third stage? The, the third stage is restore. And it is about, you know, what I do all along the way is create opportunities for the family to come together. And um, I facilitate some processes. So in this last stage, the family will have gone through or will go through kind of like a family visioning process. Like, where do we want to go as a group here? And that could include, like, some um, communication agreements. It mm-hmm. also in, in, in include how people's personal vision fits into a family vision. And then right. in this restore stage, it's like they continue that practice and my engagement with them is checking in along the way with All right. what they already have and they're trying to live into essentially. Yeah. Creating that, the vision of a future, right. Of the, the life that's going to work for everyone. Correct. All right. Correct. Awesome. And, a, a lot of times when I talk about this, you know, people may think that I'm trying to get the whole family to do a certain thing, like all, you know, come together and sing Kumbaya or something. Right. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And I know you know this, but it's yeah. like, clar- like clarifying what the boundaries are with what person and having that be um, open And as in my own family, um, there's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of stuff that isn't really being talked about and a lot of one-on-one conversations. So by this third phase, um, ideally, the family has had opportunities to um, make some of those communications more clear. And I, I guess, 
in talking about this, I want to say I always present opportunities and I don't um, like people do what they're ready and willing to do. And I see this mm-hmm. kind of as offering everybody in the family an opportunity to um, transform. Mm-hmm. And so I see this as a potentially transformative process. And, um, you, you know, that said, I can't really um, make someone do something. Yeah, whether they choose to take advantage of that opportunity or not, <laughs> that's up to them, to, you know, depending on how they see it working for them. Right. You know, to create that, that future uh, vision the, that they're envisioning. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And so, if if you'd like, James, I can, um, you know, say a little bit about um, one way I could see that transformation happening. If yeah, that was my next question. Oh. Is if there was a actually like a, a tip or one way or something, you know, for people to start with, so they could start to see some success in this process for themselves yeah well um so there isn't just one way no i know (laughs) Uh, and 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 probably you know for your listeners to know that this is a gradual process and some of the early things could be and this is like a mediation principle, but it's like separate the person from the problem. So it's like if the problem is around excessive alcohol, alcoholism, separate the person from the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard to do, but I think it can be very helpful for people to do that, especially in their own thinking. Um Because when we start to talk to someone, if in our own thinking, we already know what they're doing, we're not approaching them with curiosity. And when we can separate the person from the problem, you know, we can come with more curiosity, which will help the other person be less defensive, help the addicted individual be less defensive. And um, so that's a very kind of like a first step kind of thing that or that Mm -hmm. see that's a first step and probably way down the road is um, kind of, you know, family members going from this kind of um, habitual pattern reaction kind of thing that I think so many people are used to in, in the beginning to more being able to think and understand and maybe even say to their loved one something like, you know, through your suffering, you've identified something we've always known about, which mm-hmm. how hurt we are and how disconnected from ourselves we are. In our frustration with you, we recognize our frustration with ourselves. This did not begin with you or with us either. It goes back a long way in our family, and maybe this is the generation where we can stop the transmission of suffering. And, mm-hmm. and then it's an invitation 
you know, which uh, essentially is we are going to engage in a healing process so we don't pass this on. And you are so welcome to join us. And if you are not ready to do that right now, know that we're going to love you anyway. And we invite you to be with us whenever you are ready. When you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know <laughs> from personal experience but, and from seeing it and so many others that desire to make that leap and make that change has to be has to come with, from within. Yeah. And so the family members who are telling you, you know, go to AA, do this, do that, you're, you're just going to put up a wall and get more defensive. But if they open you, you know, openly invite you into a process like that with love and, you know, not forcing you to do anything, but, you know, telling you that they're there for you when you're ready, that's much less uh, a kind of a, a situation where you're going to get you know so defensive and not want to Absolutely. participate yep. yep so that's awesome yeah um well before we start to wrap up quickly uh, your website where people can get a hold of you and they can they can actually download a copy correct of the those three stages so they have that um those three stages um are on the website so um the website is thefamilyrecoverysolution.com and um, in the right sidebar is a free report for family members and then there's a section that is um, it says for professionals and in that section on the bottom is a like a postcard that I give out to treatment centers for their families, and on the on that postcard is a real concise um, visual of the three phase process. And also on the website under what we do, the family recovery solution about mm -hmm. way down is info about the three phases. Um, and I'm also on. Um, Twitter and Facebook at TFR Solution is, okay. is the handle or name or yeah we'll be sure and have all those links in the show notes so people can access them quickly from there and um, from your website as well and you're also willing to to partner with other professionals who may have their own practice or be working in a, a situation where they are looking for more resources to help with family. Absolutely. Navigating this family um, issue. Correct. 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 It's actually, I think so much more powerful when there's a team of professionals around families that want change. Because mm -hmm. Just one person or one organization or one treatment center is um, not enough because this is a gradual process going into addiction. It's a gradual process coming out. So, yeah. Yeah. You didn't, uh, you know, the addict didn't train their brain to be in that, uh, you know, into that, that situation 
in two weeks, so it's going to take right. <laughs> you know a long time. Yeah, I trained my brain for years, long time. <laughs> so it's going to take a long time to kind of repair that too. That's awesome. Well, um, any any other quick tips or advice on this family bit? And then I was just going to ask you a couple of questions about uh, about you, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess um, one last thing that I could say here, and it's um, an Einstein quote, and it's like, we can't solve our problems with the same thinking we used when they were created. And um, I think that's such a powerful statement to this whole process because a big part of it is us changing our own thinking. And when we change our own thinking, you know, we change our options. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I love that. Um, so what do you, Jeff, tell us what you do for fun there in, uh, in Colorado. Yeah. So, well, I've been in Colorado um, since 87. Okay. Um, and so I initially came out for all the outdoor stuff. One of my biggest passions is floating rivers. I mm -hmm. have an inflatable raft and have been down the Grand Canyon half a dozen times. And so that's a place where I connect very deep inside of myself. It's a spiritual process for me. And it's been one of the biggest teachers in my life. And I also do a lot of um, gardening and, you know, having my hands in the dirt and mm -hmm. the garden and going through all the seasons has been a big teacher for me also. Yeah. There's something about digging in the dirt. That's <laughs> so therapeutic. <laughs> I love it too. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so what's got you fired up right now? I know you're going to be a speaker coming uh, up. Right. So I have, I'm a speaker at the Evolution of Addiction in L.A. in February. And it's um, February 5th is when I speak. And so I see that as a great opportunity to get outside of my, um, you know, front range kind of neighborhood mm -hmm. um, and offer this to more people. And I am at a place where eventually I will be offering this to other addiction professionals where they can learn this, this model and they can get trained in this because I see this as, you know, a very helpful service that has the, that I've seen as a void. And I think plenty of other people, there's room for lots of other people to be, um, working this same way. Oh yeah. It's, it's a huge void. I personally, had an experience just just recently with someone who uh, really struggled and their family did not know what to do and it ended up in the loss of life and it was really sad. So the more we can get this sort of uh, 
the structure, I think, is what people need is to how to help the family in kind of a, a format that works um, is, is better. That's awesome. All right. Well, again, your website is thefamilyrecoverysolution.com, and I invite listeners to head on over there and learn more about Jeff and um, three stages, three ways to ensure your loved one's recovery success. And um, I want to thank you, Jeff, for joining me. It's been great having you. And I know I've learned a lot just in this, this little chat on how to help folks because I get questions about this this topic all the time, yeah, all the time. It's so out there. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well, take care. Wow, what a great interview. I hope you also got some golden nuggets out of our conversation. I know I sure did. And thanks again for listening. And please, if you haven't already, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast service and subscribe. Leave a review. Let me know how I'm doing. I really want to know. Also, head on over to my website and get my free report if you haven't already. It's called Three Huge Mistakes Almost Everyone Makes When They Try to Get Sober That Cause Them to Struggle with Cravings and Relapse and How to Avoid These Forever. I know my biggest hurdle was cravings and relapse when I was first in recovery. And please feel free to send me an email if you have any questions or thoughts. My email address is james at recoveryinnovators.com and I personally take the time to read every one I get and respond as soon as I can. I really can't wait to hear from you. Take care and have a great day. Thanks for listening. You can learn more at recoveryinnovatorsradio.com.